Hello, welcome back, business casual listeners. Um, today, it was laid on my heart to speak to you guys about something very near and dear to my heart. Um, just seeing what happened to to Nipsey Hussle, um, I believe that all of us as humans are what I would say prophets when it comes to our own destiny. A lot of times God will send you a vision or he'll lay something on your heart that you just love to do or you got a burning, yearning in your spirit to accomplish this thing. And when you go and you tell somebody, hey, look, man, I want to go to school or I want to start this business or um, I'm going to work hard to, to get this trade so I can get this job. In that moment, you're prophesying over your life. And there was a, a passage in the Bible, Luke chapter 4, verse 24, where Jesus mentions that a prophet is not accepted in his hometown. And I think it it wrapped into what we saw with the demise of Nipsey Hussle and many other people who um, have visions and want to take care of their hometown. And I'm going to read more than just that scripture. So bear with me. Um, We're going to start from Luke chapter four and verse 14. And this is where. Jesus's public ministry first started. Then Jesus went back to Galilee in the power of the spirit and the news about him spread the entire region. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised and glorified and honored by all. So he came to Nazareth where he where he had been brought up, where he was born, basically. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he was anointed because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of those in the synagogues were fixed on him. He began speaking to them. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. And they all were speaking well of him and were in awe and were wondering about the words of grace which were coming from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? So he said to them, you know, right there, is this not Joseph's son? That's the hating. They they like, wait a minute. (laughs) We know, homie. He from around the way. How is he talking this good stuff? And the word goes on to say in chapter 23, in uh, verse 23. So he said to them, you will no doubt quote this proverb to me. 
physician, heal yourself. Whatever that we heard were done in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. So basically all of the stuff that he was doing over in Capernaum, his hometown was like, hey, show us what's going on. We, we want some of them blessings. We want to see some miracles. And then in chapter 24, I mean, in verse 24, it goes on to say this. Then he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But in truth, I say to you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was not sent to a single one of them, but only to Zerpeth and in the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and not and not one of them was cleansed except Naaman and the Syrian. Now, what he's saying is the prophet Elijah had prophesied that it was going to be a famine in the land for three years. Um, and he didn't go back to his hometown to tell them what was going on. He went to a whole nother place. And God had a reason for him doing that. So going forward, we're in verse 28. As they heard these things, the people in the synagogue were filled with a great rage. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the crest of the hill on which their city had been built in order to hurl him off the cliff. But passing through the crowd, he went on his way. Then he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were surprised at his teachings because his message was the was with authority and power and great ability. There was a man in the synagogue who was possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud, terrible voice. Let us alone. What business do we have with each other? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown the man down among them, he came out of him without injuring him in any way. They were all astonished and in awe and began saying to one another, what is this message? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirit and they come out and the news about him spread into every place in the surrounding district. So that was a lot. But at the end of the day, the message that I feel people aren't understanding is that because you are a prophet over your own vision for your life, when you beseech God and ask him, Lord, what, what will you have me do? And the Lord is saying, become an electrician or become a, you know, start a business, start a nonprofit, you know, do this, do that. When you take that mantle, the hardest battle that you're going to have to fight is not going to be with people uh, from different states and 
around the world. Your hardest mental battle and even physical battle is going to be with the people that you grew up with, the people in your home, your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your cousins, your friends, your homies, your gang, the people from around your way, because they can't detach you from your past a lot of times. And most of the time when we are coming into ourselves and coming to our own and we're trying to go forward and we're trying to walk in what God has for us and we're trying to do things that our our community and our neighborhoods have never seen before. The first thing people say, just like them, wait a minute, ain't that Joseph's son? Ain't that Tan's son? Ain't that Melvin's son? What? <laughs> Who would make him think? He can start a business. We ain't never seen no black person own no uh, business around here and do well. And it's not. It's because they can't detach their your past and seeing you as a child and as a boy. Now, as a man or a woman walking in authority and in power and speaking life and vision over yourself, your parents, your friends, the closest people to you may be the ones who are the most destructive to your path to success a lot of times. And some of us that are fortunate to have parents that support us and um, maybe, you know, a couple friends here and there, a spouse, somebody that that sees your vision and, and pushes you on in your hometown, that's few and far in between. And It goes back to what happened with Nipsey Hussle. I truly believe if this wasn't a government hit that 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 dude, Eric Holden, his whole life, he saw Nipsey as, oh, that's the homie from my gang. That's the homie. We grew up together. Why are everybody giving them all this? Yeah, his music. All right. But I make music, too. Ain't nobody bumping with me this hard. You know what I'm saying? I gave some turkeys to some people one time. I did this. I, I I try to give back to the people. I try to pull the little homies to the side and tell them what's, what's good. But because Nipsey's vision was so big, because, because Nipsey's uh, brand was worldwide, because Nipsey got respect in so many other hoods that affected the heart of somebody from his hometown, somebody from his own neighborhood, somebody raised in his own community, somebody attached to his own gang. And a lot of the times, it's the people closest to you that are sowing seeds of destruction to the vision that you have for your life. And when God tries to tell you, this person not for you, get away from them. I know you love the hood. I know you love being around here. But guess what? For the next two, three years, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you this opportunity somewhere else. You going off to school. You going here. You going there. I, you, you can't. You gotta. You, you can't be in this environment no more because this environment is breeding a mindset that's going to keep you right here. That's going to keep you neighborhood. That's going to keep you community when you need to be global. When you need to think with an open mind when you need to have the authority of God on you. But it takes isolation from 
mass thought. Mass thought is ignorant thought. If everybody's doing it, it's no good. So if everybody in your community is like, bro, why are you even trying to do this? Ain't nobody else. You don't need to be around that mindset. And it's obvious to people who've made it out. But to the people closest to you from neighborhood, from from the community that you was raised in, they don't it's not obvious to them because they don't have that mindset. It's like an ant vision and God show you something from he sets you on a giant's shoulder and let you see the world from that angle. And the ant like, nah, you don't you don't see what you're saying. Cause I'm looking over there too and I don't see what you're saying. And the truth of the matter is they never gonna see what you saying. Never. Only until you bring back the fruits of your labor, only until uh your name pops up in places you haven't even been yet, will these people actually understand who you really are. And for some people, that's gonna incite jealousy, that's gonna incite anger, they're gonna hate you even more. But I truthfully don't believe that you never should come back. I think you should come back to the hood with a mission, with a, hey, let's let's give a little here. Let's let's put a community center up. Let's put some some structure together. But once your name, once you become global, you're more valuable to us alive. You can do more with your life than to always be visible to the people that are in your hometown who may still view you as this worthless piece of somebody that they went to school with back in the day or you just that troublemaking uh, kid that never could get nothing right when you young and now everybody love you everybody got respect for you because you you was able to go and transcend and do something great so that's just the word that I want to leave uh, with the with with my community, with my business casual listeners, that sometimes this separation from your hometown and sometimes a separation isn't physical. Sometimes it's mental. You mentally can't hang out with the same people that you did before. And that'll lead you to physically not hanging out with them because God will show you I'm trying to take you here. But these people only want to stay there. And at some point, that is going to mess with you. You Because we're so ingrained to be loyal to these ways of life that don't love you. One thing that people who are really in that life will tell you after a while, once they've had enough stripes, the streets will never love you. They will never love you. When you get too comfortable, that's exactly when they get you. And this is not to incite fear. It's to to teach kings to move like kings, to not get comfortable in peasant places because there are places kings shouldn't even go. And a lot of peasants think, well, you a king. You're supposed to be able to go anywhere because you're the king. No, a king understands that his value is worth not being in the gutter. He can command the gutter to change from his throne. But a peasant in that hood mentality will have you think, hmm, 
I got to actually go into the hood and actually be visible and actually be touching the folks. And it, nah, 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 nah. That was for Jesus. Jesus was supposed to do that. Jesus was supposed to come touch the people. He knew he was going to be crucified because uh, he had to die on the cross for our sins. You, you don't have to die for these folks. We already had somebody to do that. That was Jesus. So don't be deceived. Thank you.